Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey from St. Peter Lutheran Church in Green, Iowa. Today is Sunday, May 1st, the third Sunday in the season of Easter, and my penultimate weekend here at St. Peter as I will be moving to Wisconsin next week. So taking a break from packing boxes to record this and share this message with you. Thanks for being here. Here at St. Peter, we are celebrating this weekend as seven of our eighth grade students are getting confirmed. So you'll hear me talk about that in the sermon. I like to include something about the Bible verses each of them have selected. Then, after worship, from 11 o'clock till 1 o'clock, Luther League are serving their big cheesesteak dinner. So if you're watching this on Sunday morning and it's still before 1 o'clock, please come on over to church. Hope you'll come by, have lunch, bid on some silent auction items to support the Luther League trip to Pennsylvania this summer. If you'd like to donate to support our ministry in general here at St. Peter, you can do that by going to stpetergreen.com giving or mail in an offering check or drop it off at the church office. And thank you for that support. Today's scripture reading is from John chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew that it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they'd finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wish. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. 
he said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this he said to him, Follow me. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our risen Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I said, we're celebrating confirmation this weekend, and let me start by saying that to do it and move it to the spring before I leave was not my idea. It was church council's idea, and in fact, I'm doing it under protest because for at least five years, I've argued that confirmation really should be in the fall, not the spring, because when it's in the spring, it can feel like a graduation, like we're all done. And I really hope that you see the confirmation students after this weekend, because the intention is for confirmation to be a graduation, but a graduation into a new stage of living a life of faith as an adult Christian. So if you don't see them, reach out to them, invite them to get involved, give them leadership, let them be the church of today. The point of confirmation is that they're affirming the faith promises that their parents made on their behalf when they were baptized as kids. And today, they're claiming those promises for themselves. And in response, the congregation receives them as adult members of this community, this congregation of St. Peter. And so they're going to promise in worship, like all of you did when you got confirmed or when you joined the church if you joined as an adult, they'll promise to continue in the covenant God made with them in holy baptism, to do things like participate in worship, share in communion at the Lord's table, share your faith with others, love and serve your neighbors. They're standing up in front of the congregation to say, I believe this matters. I believe Jesus means something for my life. So, as I'll tell them in the service, it's okay, even when you're saying that, to have doubts and questions and to not remember every single thing from confirmation class. I don't think any of us remember everything from confirmation class. This is not graduation. You're not done learning about faith. In fact, I hope nobody watching this, nobody here in worship, thinks that you've got it all figured out. It's okay if some weeks you maybe believe some of the lines in the Apostles' Creed more than others. But did you hear Jesus' instructions in the Gospel of John? I love this story. I wish that we'd done it last week because Sunday school did it last week and had a picnic on the beach. But this is one of my favorite stories. So we don't know exactly what day it is, but a few days after Easter, maybe maybe even a week or two after Jesus rose from the dead, his disciples are out fishing, and this is, they've seen him alive twice, it says, and I think that they're out fishing because they're not sure quite what to do next. They've been through this intense roller coaster with Jesus triumphantly entering Jerusalem like a conquering hero, and then he was arrested, he was put on trial in the middle of the night, and he was crucified. He was buried. And then two days later, he's alive, visiting with them in the house where they're hiding. But he does not stay with them. And so they're not quite sure what to do next. So they go back to what they know. And then Peter, Peter is such a fun character in this story, right? Remember, Peter was a fisherman before Jesus called him to follow and be a disciple. So Peter proposes a fishing trip. And if you know much about Peter, you might know that he's kind of impulsive in the Gospels. I don't picture him as the sort of person who would be content just sitting and meditating or whatever. He wants to go do something. Let's go fishing. And then when Jesus shows up on the beach while they're out in the boat, 
It's the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, which is probably John, the one writing the story. John is the one to look at this guy on the beach and say, hey, that's Jesus. That's the Lord. But then Peter is the one who can't wait to see him. So it says he puts on some clothes and he jumps in the lake, which, by the way, leaves the others to drag the fish to shore. Although Peter does go back to help them carry the fish from the net once they get there. But anyway, on the shore, they eat the breakfast Jesus has cooked for them. And then Jesus says to Peter, this is the heart of the story here. Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, well, of course I love you. Jesus says, feed my lambs. And then Jesus asks him again, do you love me? And Peter starts to get a little bit offended. Of course I love you. Didn't you, didn't you see how I jumped out of the boat to be the first one to get to you? Of course I love you. Jesus says, tend my sheep. One more time, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. Of course you know that I love you. Jesus says to him, feed my sheep. Remember, this is the same Peter, the same supposedly brave leader of the disciples, the one Jesus said, "On you are Peter, on this rock I will build my church. This is the same guy who on the night when Jesus was arrested and betrayed, he had denied knowing who Jesus even was. Three times he turned away. Three times he denied Jesus. And here, three times, Jesus gives him the opportunity to repent. Gives him another chance. Another chance to affirm his faith. To say, yes, Lord, I love you. To say it publicly in front of others. Another chance, then, to hear the instructions for how he is supposed to live. Caring for others. Feeding sheep. And that's true for us as well. That's Jesus' instructions for us to live a life of faith as his followers. Jesus calls you and me to trust, to believe, and to feed his sheep. And it sounds pretty straightforward, right? Until you start thinking about how big that command really is. Of course, you get that we're not talking about actual sheep, right? This is not about livestock. This is about caring for our neighbors here and around the world. Jesus And Jesus does not just say to care for the people that we like or who like us. Jesus does not say to just do safe, little, manageable projects. No, listen to the wording of the last two baptismal promises. Serve all people following the example of our Lord Jesus Christ and strive for justice and peace in all the world. And the response to that is, I do and I ask God to help and guide me. And asking for God's help is an important part of that because none of us can live up to these promises on our own. None of us can follow Jesus' call to feed his sheep on our own. Cale, one of the kids getting confirmed tomorrow, picked the verse that lays this out pretty clearly. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. You are not God. I'm going to tell the confirmation people that tomorrow too. There are things you cannot do, plenty of things. But God can do great things through you. God is doing and will continue to do great things through this congregation, through the church around the world, through you. Hayden's verse from 2 Chronicles says, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. 
basically do the best you can, persist. And again, you're not always going to succeed, even when you do the best you can. We have a 10-year-old, Eli, who's getting baptized as well this weekend. And when I met with him last week, we talked about baptism as being washed clean from sin. And then I asked him, so once you're baptized, does that mean you're never going to sin again? He got kind of this wide-eyed look in his eyes because no, it does not mean that. We don't give up because we don't give up not because if we just work a little harder, we'll make it, we'll, we'll be able to stop sinning or we'll get a bigger reward or something. We don't give up. We persevere because God doesn't give up on us. Even when we keep sinning, even as after baptism, when we keep sinning and returning to the dirt that's been washed off of us, God, God keeps pursuing us with grace. God keeps forgiving us, keeps loving us. The good shepherd chases after the sheep when they wander away and brings them back to the flock. Again, Peter is a good example of that. He denied even knowing who Jesus was, not once, but three times. And yet Jesus forgave him, restored him, gave him a mission, a calling, feed my sheep. In Laney's verse from Psalm 23, we hear this amazing promise about the good shepherd being faithful. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Another version of that promise is in Isaiah 43, 2 and 3, which Ryland, Kira, and Sam all selected. When you pass through the waters, it says, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I think it's fascinating that all three of them picked that same verse about God being with us through the times of trouble and chaos in life. I think we've all needed that promise to cling to, especially these last few years. Notice that the promise in these verses is not that you will not go through storms. The promise is that God will be with you in them, that you will not be overwhelmed, that God will be by your side. Hold on to that promise. God has claimed you and knows you by name, and God is with you no matter what comes your way in this life. Sam picked the same verse, but he used a slightly different translation that talks about not getting scorched by the fires of this world. Growing up, my pastor used to say that when we love our neighbors, when we make the effort to feed Jesus' flock, we run the risk of getting burned. I hear that language of not getting scorched by the flames of this world, and I pray for all of you that your hearts will not be hardened when you get burned. When you feed someone and they waste what you've given them, or when someone takes advantage of your generosity in Jesus' name. That's okay. The point is to share God's love, to love as you have been loved. You can control what you do, how you love, not how people respond. Our job is to feed the sheep. Sawyer's verse is from Proverbs 17. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. And he said that he picked it because it reminds him that looking for the good in any situation is easier than letting life break you. Well, I don't know if it's easier, but it's certainly better. But it's hard. 
Because there's a lot of brokenness in this world. We all know that. Jesus knew that. Peter knew that. Your call, and the call given to all of us as Christians, is to look for what God is doing in the world, for the good where Jesus is acting, and to join in when God is on the move. Feed my sheep, says Jesus. May God bless you with joy, strength, and perseverance in your life of faith, today and always. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.